Sky Fit Podcast. Three, two, one, go! Okay then guys, uh, welcome to the next Shy Fit Podcast and today we are lucky enough to have Adam Fowler on who is a former Royal Marine and also a current gym owner of the Fitness Box um, and today we're going to have a little chat about training past, um, his experiences in the Marines and also his experience of being a gym owner as well because he's got so much experience in terms of training, competing uh, and now obviously in the business world as well. Ads, how are you doing? Thank you, very good, thank you, thanks for having me on. That's alright mate, no at all, thanks for popping in as well. Um, we always start these podcast with like these quick fire questions um, and they usually go terribly wrong so don't worry if you get anything right you're on the right path let's give it a um, go so mate yeah, jump ourselves in first one favorite place in the uk besides where you currently live home firth where's the that heart of a uh, heart of yorkshire oh okay so for those older um listeners last of the summer wine country you, uh, you might be a bit no too idea, young mate. for that yeah, yeah now am, i'm showing yeah. my age <laughs> so it's right on the edge of the pennines the right side of the pennines um so the yorkshire side um it, it was where i did all my training before i joined the marines okay uh, out the door parents house straight into the hills um you can walk for miles and, and never see another person so um yeah that's me home first last of summer wine country that's amazing Born do you get to go there much do you not as much as i used to or as much as i'd like to yeah you know business kind of takes over family takes over um so i tend to go maybe every other month but it's uh it's something i would prefer to get back up to a lot more maybe, but my yeah. wife being a she just tends to take her south back towards Exeter more often yeah, than, the problem, than isn't not. It? I think my favourite place in the UK is the Lake District. I yeah. just love going up there and just getting away and it's so nice, isn't it? Yeah. Next one then, mate. This is probably a big important one as well. Your favourite CrossFit movement. Oh, I like a good snatch. Oh, <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say assault bike, mate, because I saw your Instagram story a few days ago of you hammering yourself on Instagram yeah. on, the, uh, on the bikes. I thought I'd put bike, it on yeah. there to make the members feel better about themselves when they're hanging at the end as well. Yeah, that's if true. I'm going to be honest, so my, my honest answer goes back to my marine days and I've got to say rope climbs. Rope climbs, yes. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you always have the power of beating everyone at them for being yeah, a Marine, don't you? The absolutely. You do. Especially you being a PTI, that was like your bread and butter, wasn't yeah. it? Um, okay, invisibility or super strength? You've got to be using invisibility for the wrong reasons, haven't you? So I'm going to say super strength. Oh, no, so I said invisibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where's true. your mind taking you with <laughs> yeah, that one? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, Frodin or Fraser? Fraser. Fraser. Everyone said Fraser so far. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think he's I think his personality is coming out a lot more now. Mm. Um yeah, some Fraser man. Yeah, I think you're right. I think um yeah, social media now and obviously YouTube and things, he he seems like a pretty cool guy, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah I, I'm, you know, Fronin had the whole place to his when he was CrossFit, wasn't he? Yeah. And then great to see Fraser come from behind and, and take that mantle and he's taking it on well. Yeah, he's yeah, he's absolutely crushing it, isn't he? Uh place you most want to travel to? Good question. Uh, I've done a lot of the places I'd like to travel to. I've been quite lucky with the travel through Have the you? Marines, through the Marines and through yeah. sport. Um, I do like America. Yeah. Um, so deep south, the geek in me would like to go and, uh, and be a cowboy for a while. That'd be cool, wouldn't yeah. it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I've always been a fan of the Westerns. Get into the deep south on a horse and away you go. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be a cool holiday, wouldn't it? Yeah. Or a travel holiday, anyway. Um, least favourite CrossFit movement? That's another good question. There's a lot of them. 
<laughs> but yeah, it's always a list. Shoulder to overhead. Shoulder to overhead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, lack of mobility through the oh, shoulders. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 Um, I think mine is maybe thrusters. I think maybe. Yeah, but I love the fact they're so hard. Yeah. I think that's the sadistic <laughs> side is, of me. You know, I love yeah. an assault bike and I love a thruster. Yeah. Put them with a burpee and you've just got a winning oh, workout. Mate. Yes, there's that, there's that workout um, from years ago and it was like known for being the worst workout in the world. It was a 20-minute wrap of 20 chest of our pull-ups, 20 thrusters, 20 burpees. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I can't remember what it was called. It was literally like the devil's one or something like yeah, those Yeah, yeah. I, I remember doing one that was like Fran on steroids, which was... The, the the normal fram but with the assault bike for calories as well and um burpees over the bar so it's just a brute oh mate that does yeah. sound nice yeah um favorite ice cream flavor do you, do you uh, eat ice cream not a lot but if i do i'm quite boring vanilla with a strawberry sauce <laughs> yeah, yeah okay, right, okay. It. it's old school <laughs> i wasn't sure if you're gonna be like super healthy and go no not yeah I, I don't do i don't have a lot of ice cream but if i did if okay for well, a treat well that moves on to the next one which is like favorite food of all time Fish and chips. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah so, classic dish. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, best fish and chips in the world are from home Firth, so it leads me back to the first question. Okay, and then I've got this theory that actually sometimes the further away from the coast you get, you get better fish and chips. Okay, right. <laughs> like okay. Yorkshire, yeah. home Firth is right in the yeah, middle of the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it's these people that are on the coast and they leave the skin on. Skin on fish and chips. It's what is that all about? It's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so quite oh, okay. Yeah. So what you're saying, yeah, are you plugging in a minute for this place? Yeah, compost like calf. Yeah. Compost <laughs> calf in on Firth, get some sponsorship down. Right, we'll tag them in the we'll tag them in online after this. Yeah. Um what's your favourite hobby outside I think I know this one outside of uh, outside of doing CrossFit golf this. golf. yeah so I like to get on the golf course not as much as I well I don't get to play as much as I'd like to now but that's my place to go and unwind luckily my five year old's just started playing so well he plays better than me at the minute actually um, so it's a good excuse to get him to the course and then I can yeah. get out there every weekend so we try and get at least nine holes in every what's weekend what's your handicap 12 oh that you're a good player yeah uh, yeah sometimes inconsistent let's yeah. say yeah, um, but I well, do. Well, you're enjoy. quite lucky, really, because you're currently talking to the Shire Fit Golf Champion, which really? is another podcast in itself, mate. Yeah. Oh, it we'll was, have to uh, get in it. Yeah, and some of the members don't like to talk about it or bring it up. Okay. But, uh, I basically just got in people's heads. I never played golf before. Got in people's heads. One person stormed off the course, and yeah, man, managed to win it. So uh, good uh, man. Yeah. We'll have to get an inter gym competition <laughs> yes. going on. Yeah, good. <laughs> in fact, we actually we've got, I got an email off him a few days ago asked if we want to go back up there again. So you can come get involved with that yeah. if you want. Come join it's in and how it's done. Uh, and then the final one, mate, is your favourite movie ever? Back to the Future. Oh, okay, yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah, mate. yeah, that's a, a bit bang of a on, classic. Mate. I think I can't, countless times that I've watched that, and even now if it's still on at Christmas, I've got to watch it. It's a Christmas one as well, isn't yeah. it? It's always on, mate. Yeah, yeah. classic. Oh, man, that's awesome. So um, I suppose we'll sort of talk, start just by getting to know you a little bit and about your past, because you've got such an interesting past of the things you've done. Um, but in terms of sports and things, did you were you doing sports at a young age, and what did you get into, and how did you sort of find your route towards being pushed towards joining the marines yeah so i've always been sport mad i've got a, a brother who's two years older so it was always a case of following in his footsteps whichever sport he did then i would follow on and try and normally end up being better than him at uh standard <laughs> and uh, so i uh, but then quickly fell into to football so it's football during the winter uh cricket during the summer um and then i was luckily lucky enough to get picked up by huddersfield at about 13 to join their academy um, and then that's what I did straight from school. So I signed a, a YTS contract 
from school, uh, served three years in the academy scheme before turning a pro there. That's amazing. Yeah. And then how long are you a pro for there? So I finished when I was 22. Yeah. So it was in a, a time where the football in the lower leagues of sort of championship and down was having a big hit through uh, money getting dragged out of it. So without boring everyone, there was a lot of money pumped in through TV and then that got pulled out and left a lot of clubs in a bad place. So a lot oh, of clubs okay. went into administration and Huddersfield was one of those. And during those times, then they ended up cutting a lot of players and I was in yeah. that cut. What position were you? Started off as a midfielder and then moved to fullback. Oh, okay. okay. Um, which I always tended to like. You can start building from the back. I was always one of those fans. Oh, okay, and you yeah, see it yeah. now yeah. a lot in, in the best teams do it, don't they? Man yeah. City's and, and Liverpool's build from the back. And yeah, defence wins games, yeah. Say, don't they? Yeah. yeah. I listened to that. Um, have, you, have you watched that Man City documentary? No, the one on Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, it's, no, really, it's, seen it's it. really interesting. Like, yeah. I found it fascinating about how they, their leadership team and how they just structure everything just to win the premiership yeah it's amazing but they're doing it right that, that you see the staff and the relationship they've got when they won it at the end of last season and all the staff are out on the on the field and yeah. the amount of staff they've got for one is crazy but there <laughs> yeah. seems to be a bond between them all yeah yeah know, that's what's great about, isn't it yeah oh, that's awesome and then uh, obviously so you that ended is that when you then joined the marines was it after that or you yeah so pretty much six months straight after um, our physio at Huddersfield was ex-RAF. Okay. So I'd always had a passion for fitness um, and I was always in the gym. So we'd finished training. I was across to the gym um, and I felt like I had a good attitude towards training. Um, and he said, look, you know, if, if football doesn't work out, military could be a good way to go. But I had no um, military background from within the family. So actually going to the careers office in Leeds the first time, I didn't know what I wanted to join military-wise. But I remember walking in day one in the careers office and it was a marine that that welcomed me called me over to his desk so wait across i went to the marine and and, and then the rest was history oh, that's amazing. so it was about i think it was about a year from my end of my contract to huddersfield to first day walking through those gates at limston that is awesome isn't it? That's yeah. A, yeah nice quick turnaround and like a real and did you like do any specific training for joining the marines it was very much out of that base already and you just went in yes yeah, so i had a good uh good level of cardiovascular fitness um but Fitness-wise, I would be out, as we mentioned, being in, in Home Firth on the edge of the Pennine, so I'd put a pack on my back and just go out running up in the hills um, and be out for hours and not really track how far I was going or set targets. I'd just go until the route was done and then and then head back. Yeah. So I'd had a lot of miles in my legs up and down hills. So actually, physically during training, I didn't find it that difficult, but then changing mindset from... At Huddersfield, you'd have your boots cleaned for you, you'd have your kit washed for you, you'd turn up for training, you just needed your wash bag, and, and you'd finish training, chuck your kit on the floor and go home. And then all of a sudden, it's you're up at four o'clock in the morning, you're ironing your kit, and then someone's ripping your locker <laughs> to shreds, and you go and do the whole thing again. All the memories. Yeah. Um, so that was the biggest shock for me. Um, but physically, during training, yes, it was incredibly hard. And, and you would push yourself as hard as you could. Uh, and I was always striving to, to get those good times on the assault course or the endurance course or, you know, any tests that are, are thrown out there. Yeah, obviously, cause you, uh, obviously a lot of listeners probably won't know the tests that you go through, but obviously you go through your 30 weeks of training and the final sort of little bit before you then do the final two weeks of like drill work and pass out is your commando test, isn't it? And it's obviously something you probably know even more than me from taking people through it hundreds yeah. of times. But yeah, the four different tests they go through. So you've got the first one, which is, is it the endurance, endurance course, course first? first yeah. the endurance course first, which is two, two and a half miles through, which is probably people seen on adverts for when they go through like the smarty tubes and through the water. Yeah. Um, and then it's a four mile run back, is it? Yeah. And then they're finish off with shooting at the range yeah. 
which is a bit embarrassing if you do miss <laughs> look after that, your weapon yeah. around the tunnels yeah you do yeah, yeah. Um, and then the next one after that is it the speed march no, no speed that. march after that yeah um, and the speed march is like a it, the rules are it's like fast walk up hills isn't it then pretty much jog the rest isn't it yeah so it's a, a movement of a squad of men from point A to point B 10 minute miles we tend to hold as the, as the pace yeah. uh, and undulating ground so like you say work hard up the hills with a strong walk and then run down the hills yeah. uh, where possible um, then the Tarzan assault course, which I think is probably my was one of my favourite ones. Um, Short and sharp. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, was, it was really good fun. I used to enjoy like doing all the high wire, st- uh, high wire work and all the assault course stuff. That is, I think, do you have, do you have 12 minutes to get through that? 12 minutes, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it starts minutes. with the, the high wire course and then finishes with the, the assault course. Yeah. Uh, and then the 30 foot wall climb at the end. Did you, uh, did you see the video of the, um, the guy with the jetpacks yes, at Limston around so the around Facebook, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. I couldn't believe that I like technology and everyone's going is this really coming in are we yeah. going to be flying around <laughs> yeah, the battlefield yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to yawn imagine yeah. So, yeah, some people using that yeah. um, and then the final one is the big one which is a 30 miler um, which was around Dartmoor is it still around they still did it around yeah, the same so place they've changed yeah. the route uh, slightly but it's still you know 30 miles 8 hours and yeah. and, and mentally the toughest um especially at the beginning you know setting off up that hill it's like a about a mile ascent into Dartmoor to, to start um, and everyone's so G'd up but we start what four o'clock in the morning yeah. especially in the summer to avoid the, the high heat um, but knowing that every mile that you get through on that 30 is a mile f- closer to receiving your green beret yeah you know uh, and and I've seen guys I, I think I've done nine 30 milers now um, as a recruit and then as an instructor uh, and, and kids getting, or kids, recruits 15 miles in and thinking not a chance that this guy has got another 15 miles in the legs, but that inner belief that they can push and go and the mental strength and resilience to see what people can actually do. I think you can take that for the rest of your life and no one can ever take that away from you of how hard it can be. And I still use it now. During I, I use it in daily during wads that I think are really tough. And you harness that I've been in this dark hole mm. uh, and mentally go back and, and right, this is the worst it's ever been. If I can't get through this 10 minute AMRAP, there's something seriously wrong. Yeah, yeah. We actually talked about that on last week's podcast about okay. building that experience of dealing with like that adversity and hardship yeah. and knowing that you've done it before so you can do it again. Mm-hmm. It becomes a little bit of normality, doesn't it? The ability yeah. to deal with that pain. But yeah, I think the 30 miler was my favorite one purely because it involved so much teamwork mm. because there was that group of you and you're all striving. And I remember dur- during it, like there was we had, we had one lad that would kept falling back and we'd bring him back in again. And all I remember thinking was, come on, like we can get him to the end and we're all going to get that green beret. And I remember finishing it thinking like all that suffering was so easy worth it at the moment you get given it, isn't it? And it's Absolutely. a special feeling, isn't it? But I do remember making the big mistake of finishing the 30 miler and then the colonel was coming to present us with our green berets and they said, right, okay, everyone, like change your boots. Like, because it was horrendous conditions when we did it taking my boots off that I just yomped 30 miles in <laughs> and then trying to get another pair of boots back on. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and then what they didn't tell you was it was about a mile and a half yomp to the coach 
So you'd done your 30 miles, you finished down by that stream, do you remember yeah, over the bridge? Yeah, you go to that little bridge. Yeah, yeah. and then it's like, right, guys, the coach is at the top of the hill. Pick your kit up and yomp up there. You know, you're thinking, surely we could have got a four-tonner up there. But no, let's, yeah, just, let's yeah. just add another mile and a half that's on top like, of the that's 30. That's a classic marine mentality, though, yeah. isn't it? That's, yeah, that's fair. But actually, you get up there at some speed because you've got your green beret and the, yeah, you know, you're, you're feeling cared, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah all, all I remember that was uh, on the on the way back on the bus, I remember the sun was just like up and I remember just thinking, gee, it's, it done it. It's done it, it now. We've gone through and it's yeah. such a good feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, obviously, you passed out and how, how long were you in the actual Marines for before you left? 12 years. 12 years yeah. and dur during those 12 obviously you went in and you started as uh, general duties like a, a GD marine which mm -hmm. is doing normal warfare roles which people would think of Do you, how long were you doing that for before you went across and specialised or changed so I uh, about four years so yeah. I did uh, I was at 4-2 commando in Plymouth then went back to CTC as a spell and then back to 4-2 to deploy on Herrick 5 to Afghanistan so we did seven months out there quite a kinetic tour so we started at um, Kajaki, then we went to Sangin and Goresh. So we saw a lot of action. Um, a great tour, probably my best time in the Corps and the worst time in the Corps. Yeah. You know, you do things, you go through 32 weeks of basic training and a lot of the times you're thinking, why on earth are we doing this? There, there's so many times, the, the one thing you, we always say in going through training is never ask why, but there is always a reason to everything you're doing. So that just becomes so apparent when you actually deploy on those operations and things then become second nature yeah. and and those answers of that's why we did that in training because it's now just here and this is what's helping me get through so to put that into practice on deployment at the you know the the sharp end of the sword is is a great feeling and then obviously the downside of it of of losing friends and, and seeing friends getting injured is, is is horrendous but again you know you you grow as a person and grow as a marine from being out there and, and the experiences you can take away from that so i did that and then that was about four years into being a, a GD Marine and then came back and specialised as a PTI or physical training instructor. Awesome. The uh, the hallowed role, is, it's a fantastic yeah. role, isn't it? Uh, were you always interested in becoming a PTI were you, when you first passed out of training? Or? Yeah, so it, almost from day one, where you tend to meet your, your training team on day one, so you've arrived at Limpston and you're a rabbit in the headlights, and then all of a sudden the training team arrive and you've got your sergeant, your troop officer, four corporals, your drill instructor and your PTI. I remember the first time standing outside the gym at Limpston and my PTI coming out and standing up, stood up on a small wall. So straight away he was stood above us in his pristine white vest and just the way he spoke with us such confidence. And and then I decided that's what I want to be. Yeah. Day one. Um, so then to fast forward four years and go through my PTI course again, which was such a great experience, um, to then have the honour of joining the PT staff. Um, was was a, a goal, like I say, from day one. So it was a great, great honour to eventually to get that done. What kind of training were you doing in the lead up to get like going for the PTI school and going through the school? Were you doing it in particular? No. So really interestingly, I came off my junior command course to be promoted as corporal. So I did a GD juniors yeah. to be promoted to corporal. And off the back of there, I actually had aspirations to go SF yeah. to join special forces. So, um, and the only reason we talk about fate. There was that aspiration to go that way, um, and I was due to go on to a, another course straight after my juniors that was full. So I was li left at Limpston, and they were like, okay, go and find six months or six weeks worth of work. And I just happened to bump into a PTI on the main drag and explained what had happened. It's like, well, there's a PT aptitude next week. So a five-day five day course that they run uh, to, to see if you're up to standards. And I was like, well, 
in for a penny and for a pound let's do it so yeah. i had like five days of prep after just coming off my juniors to then be ready for a pt aptitude um and i passed the aptitude and then it was like six weeks later i was on my twos course That's amazing. so I, did, I didn't have a lot of prep time <laughs> at all but luckily yeah. i managed to get through it and, and what and pt school how does that work from start to finish and like as in like a basic overview and how long does it last so the pt course the yeah. pt twos course so yeah. it's an 18 week course um lots so you're probably doing three to four physical sessions a day so it starts on the gym floor with what we call prac so practical so we're we're on as you would do in training when you're in the gym and you're through a, through basic training a lot of people don't realize is that you never touch a weight as in a barbell or a dumbbell throughout basic training everything's how well can you move your own body um so we do that uh, every morning on pt course and you just you'd stand there at seven o'clock in the morning thinking, "What am I doing?" Just knowing the pain that's going to be coming. So it's um, Swedish PT calisthenics, yeah. um, the discipline side of it that goes hand in hand. Again, when you recruit, you don't realise why you're doing it, but the discipline command response that then goes onto the battlefield, uh, and and everything else that goes with that. Rope climbs. The amount of times you do thirty foot rope climbs is like you lose count by <laughs> my god, um, but you can mega proficient with it um press ups pull ups dips sprints camp circuits that you'll know and love uh, you yep. know 500 meter sprint that becomes you know second nature out the doors and and away you go um so we do that first thing in the morning then you'd be classroom based stuff learning all your theory your medical um and then we'd probably do a pool based session and then end of the day you'd finish with another session um so yeah three three or four hard sessions a day physically then with all the theory that goes with it and then at night time trying to revise and absorb all the information you've been given for yeah. 18 weeks pretty much non-stop that's awesome and yeah. obviously yeah you passed out of pt school become like a pt court pti corporal yeah when you pass out do you first stay at limpston or do you then just get deployed sent straight out to one of the commandos no so you're ideally you're supposed to stay at limpston for two years yeah. so then you'd become a corporal on the staff pt2 and you'd then take the recruits so that pti that i saw stood day one of my training you become that person yeah so you're responsible for all the physical training that your recruits go through from day one to the end of the 32 week course um and then after two years or it's supposed to be two years if you get your full draft and then you would deploy out to a unit either in a green role back to doing your soldiering or as a pt2 to carry on helping the unit pti or if you're a remedial instructor go and help the injured guys yeah um, get back to full fitness at a, a unit and what, what did you do once so i went to four three commando up in scotland and i went as a section commander so okay. back to the green role yeah um i ended up doing 18 months up there so i did my two years on the staff then went up and worked up at faz lane um as a well vehicle commander on the nuclear convoys that we do up from faz lane um had a great time up there it, people don't like going up to the west coast of scotland the weather's crap and it's a horrendous journey but once you're there actually the drafts were great um, and I got to do some great trips and saw a lot of the world by doing that job. Yep. Um, I did 18 months there and then came back down to Limpston to be promoted to sergeant. So I did my seniors, um, finished my seniors and then became a PT1 on the staff. So then you're overseeing the PT2s, taking the recruits. And then I got the honor of being in the PT school. So now we've gone full circle of stood there as a recruit wanting to be a PTI then becoming a PT2, then a PT1 sergeant, and now I'm in a position, I'm in the PT school, taking corporals to become PTIs. So for me, that's like the pinnacle of your career that uh, in, in the branch, that you've been given the honor and the, you know, 
there's so much responsibility that goes with it because you're really holding the gate to the future of of the PT branch yep. and the standards and values that we work by and making sure that's instilled on corporals to then deliver that when they become that PTI stood in front of the recruits. Um, so that was a great job that I did for two years uh, uh, in the PT school. That's so good, yeah. Mm. And, and, and there's nothing better feeling than getting to that goal and then realising actually now how, much, how many people you, you've influenced and obviously uh, how, how many people go through PT school on average. There's anywhere from probably say four to 10 people on yeah. a course for, and they run two courses each year. So there's a summer course and a winter course ah. uh, that you get to take through. Um, so yeah, the, the responsibility is huge, but then we, of the 10, uh, maybe 10 or 12 started my course. And I think there's probably five or six finished. Mm. So just because you're on the course, the standards are still incredibly high. And if you don't make those standards, you, you, you'll leave the course and you'll give them the opportunity to come back. Maybe you need to go and develop more, um, on your leadership side or on your fitness. And then you come back, you might get another crack. Yeah. Um, but. Um, it, it was a great job, really good job, and it was it was an honour to do it. Yeah. From there, then I um, I then went to Forty Commando where we worked together. Yep. Um, and again, a great job. One of those jobs where you look forward to going to work each day. You know, I had the honour of uh, of running a huge, brand new gym that had just been built, um, multiple fitness suites, um, an arm combat suite. It was um, awesome facility, wasn't it? Was it was a great facility to it train wicked. in. It, yeah. it had everything. Um, that's uh, how, swimming that's pool. also how we first met, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. Because uh, I, <laughs> I remember... A little incident. Yeah, yeah. Late on a Sunday night, I'd just come back and I was like, right, I'd just driven. I said, all right, straight to the gym. And I thought, oh, I'm going to do some snatching. And I was doing it off the blocks and uh, I failed a lift and the bar hit the edge of the block and just bounced and just went into the mirror. And I watched it. It was a massive mirror, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. And I watched this massive mirror just like crack and just crashed a bit so I was like oh my god what have I done yeah and I remember then running around trying to find your number so I could contact you and let you know um and let you know and I obviously saw you the next day didn't I but you were nice and let me off for it so well, that's the thing I think a lot of people would have smashed the mirror and run out the gym as fast as they could and yeah. tried to deny everything <laughs> but actually the fact that and this is what I said I because there was on about let's let, we'll need to charge him for the mirror, but I said, well, actually, the fact that you'd come to me and owned up to it and said, look, apologies, I've smashed the mirror, then you know we'll deal with that. But I'd rather that than someone run away and and hide from the fact. So, yeah, yeah, that's kind of why we we'll let you off. Yeah, so thank you very <laughs> much, mate. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, yeah, and then, well, we we also went out to America today, didn't we? Because I actually thought about it after I saw you and we did that fitness competition against the U.S. Marines. Do you remember that? Yeah, funny story behind that. So. So we went out to the U.S. Marines, uh, worked with the U.S. Marines at 29 Palms, which is in the middle of nowhere. Everyone <laughs> oh, thinks, oh, we've got, a, we've got a deployment to California. This is going to be awesome. But think about being stuck in the middle of a Californian desert. Actually, I'll say, like, the conditions out in Afghanistan so were better, I would <laughs> yeah, say, than yeah. when, we were, when we were stuck <laughs> out in that probably, camp yeah. at 29 Palms. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the U.S. Marines used that camp for their pre-deployment training when their their troops are going to deploy and so they get them used to those standards of you know yeah. of accommodation and environment and and it's, it's certainly true my job there to finish that what was something like a 12 week deployment it wasn't was, it yeah, three months yeah and at the end i um had organized a fitness competition against the US Marines and it was kind of like a, a I suppose and would it be a crossfit competition but outside it was multiple um multiple exercises uh, and and i knew we we had a good team going forward for that um and i'd done a lot of preparation and a lot of training for it 
And I don't know if you remember, I wasn't actually there for the competition because two weeks before that competition was due to go live and the five days we were due to have in Vegas, yeah. my wife's waters broke. No, oh, okay, yeah. right. So my boy was born five <laughs> weeks early. So, and it was great at the CO t- at the time to do it. He literally got me straight to Vegas airport and flew me home. So I was back within 24 hours of my son being born. However, I did get to miss uh, the fitness competition yes, yeah, yeah. and the five days in Vegas that we had penciled oh, in at the end of it. Yeah. Obviously, I would definitely have rather been there for my son, but I was yeah. a little bit miffed to miss that great end to the tour. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we went and smashed it and won it like yeah. we were expected to do and, and put that, the, it, put it, the it Yanks was, in the place. Yeah, mate, it was hilarious to see in... Um... Uh, seeing how annoyed they were because you had like Les Barrett I think Les was there at the time as yeah. well I think and there was another lad and we all just come first second third yeah. and they were just nowhere to be seen no. and fuming. But it was really cool the set they had there and good. Um, yeah. some great facilities it but was wasn't it the problem with the Yanks is that they're more about how good they look in, a, in their military clothing than they are in actually how functional their fitness is. That's true, yeah, and they did have you a lot know. of good clothing, didn't they? We too yeah, to and, and, yeah, and they're big guys, they're big old units to move around, where mm. a typical Marine, actually, when you look at us, we're quite wiry and, yeah. and move ourselves really well, um, where the US Marines tend to be about how much can you curl and bench and squat. Um, so, you know, yeah. we all like a bit of that, but actually you need to the move your own body side, as the yeah. most important, yeah. I believe it moves on nicely into like when you found CrossFit and started doing CrossFit. When, mm-hmm. when was that or what, how come yeah. you sort of come across it? I'd probably say it was when we were at 40 Commando together. So I trained a lot with the adjutant there at the time. Um, and we were probably doing CrossFit before we knew it was CrossFit. Yeah. Um, not so much down the technical lifts of, uh, of Olympic lifting, but we were certainly doing, you know, multiple exercises for time, um, and then you know came across it as, as it started to get big with with Fronin and uh, and when he came onto the scene and the sport started growing, and then we were doing like functional fitness competitions at Limpston or uh, cross training competitions as we yeah. called them. Um, so I got into it that way, and then I think uh, we I entered a pairs competition or a scale of heights maybe as an individual, um, and I got to the final or the semi-final of Scale the Heights, we'd never actually been to a CrossFit box. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome, yeah. So the first box that I ever went to was CrossFit Cardiff. Okay, It yeah. was actually run by oh, an ex- Dav Dennis, yeah, yeah, Dennis, yeah. yeah. So run by an ex-bootneck <laughs> as well. And um, so that was the first time I'd ever been into a CrossFit box for the semi-final because I'd done online qualifiers and then, yeah. and then in we go and then went to the finals up in Manchester. Um, so that was my first experience, really. So I was, you know, wet behind the ears when it was come to competing, and, and just went and uh, and as as we do in the Marines, we just, you know, cuff it, we'll work it out, and, and work as hard as we I can. The time yeah. other people are like, what's that with me? Yeah, yeah. What's that mean? yeah, yeah. 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 Well, you, you, the thing you've always had that you've been a machine pretty much since you joined the Marines, and you that background, you being a PTR, and that transitioned into the CrossFit as well. Yeah. And then fast forwarding that, obviously you were at forty for a little while, a few years, weren't you? Before you then. Yeah. Um, had the opportunity to go and work with Leicester Tigers doing their strength and conditioning. So how did that sort of come about? So that came about, I was just coming to the end of my draft at, at 40 Commando and I, um, Leicester Tigers wanted to come down for pre-season training. So their uh, head coach or their manager, Richard Cockrell, was with England when Clive Woodward brought them to Commando Training Centre before they went then to go and win the World Cup. And he'd taken a lot from that. He said when he came down as a player, he absolutely hated the five days. But then when he went into a coaching role, realised how valuable it was when he was there as a player. 
Um, so he wanted to bring the Leicester Tigers squad down to 40 commando um, uh, to run a similar package. So I had a great meeting with Cockers when he first came down and we hit it off and our philosophies were very aligned in the way that we mentally and physically should work. Um, uh, and Tigers came down and we took him for a five-day package and a few attitude adjusters thrown in there for, <laughs> it, for good yeah. measure as you'd expect we gave them uh you know the the first uh they literally got off the bus um we got them into their their training gear and then we took them into the gym and i put them through a chipper and uh i i planned that it, it should take them about 45 minutes and 90 minutes in we still had two people going <laughs> and i couldn't believe it was uh you know, some guys on there super fit and, and flew through it and did great, but there was some, I think it was a real shock to the system. Um, and then from there, I took the rest of the, the five days and we had a real good time and, and, you know, got them up in the middle of the night for, for some thrashings or attitude adjusters that, that they enjoyed. <laughs> um, they kind of expected it, I think, the first time. So we got them up at midnight, took them out, up and down the hills. It was absolutely chucking it down as well so great that they got soaking wet and yeah. then right back to bed now we'll see you at seven o'clock in the morning for breakfast and then two hours later back we went in <laughs> got them out got them out of beds again oh, right. and then it was like right get your wet gear back on so they're running around naked around camp trying to find the gear and <laughs> flustered and then there was one lad complete so you know they're, they're looking you know all over the place and i'm like right let's check and seeing one kid didn't have socks on so he's got military <laughs> boots on no socks professional athlete so they all got uh, a little bit of a, a thrashing for that and uh, and that was the kind of the theme for the week but it was a good week and then off the back of that Richard Cockle rang and said he you know he, you know we'd got on well and he liked what he'd seen and and he wanted to take it from there and asked me to go and work directly with them up at Leicester Tigers as part of their strength and conditioning staff I mean, that's amazing yeah yeah so it was a great offer but it, it wasn't by any means a straightforward decision I loved my time in the Marines and I still, you know, I'm so fond of the time that I spent there. I've still got great connections with the guys that are down down at Limpston and, and around the core. Um, so it was a very, very difficult decision to make to leave such a great job or lifestyle even to then go and work back in professional sport, especially as I know the insecurities that can happen within professional sport from my footballing days. Yeah. Um, so that was a, a, a real toil of, of, of to leave or not. But to be perfectly honest, it was an offer that was too good to turn down and a great experience to go and work with international rugby players um, at the top of their game. So um, that was the decision they made. It was a good experience being up there, working with them when you got up there. It was a, it was a good experience. Um, again, it's high, highs and lows. So um, the difficult side of it is that it's so results-based um, that week in week out if you go and get a great result on a Saturday and a good win then the rest of the week is buoyed by that and, and there's a great feel around the camp but then on the conversely to that if you go and have a bad result on a Saturday you've got the whole week to then deal with it and, and, and we you see ups and downs and uh, unfortunately through my time there we saw a lot of changing staff um, which which was really difficult so you know the club's still going through um, those changes uh, of, of being a settled club again yeah um, so I think unfortunately during the, my 18 months to two years that I was there that was the one thing that I missed was the stability of the staff and that we're used to within the military where we understand our core values and ethos and everyone across the core all 5,000 6,000 of us work to those values not just because we say that's what our values are but they are actually our it's values. It's culture, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think I think Leicester, if, and they would admit it themselves, they're still trying to... They've got the um, the history of the club 
and the, the culture that was come with the history. But I think the times change and the, the amount of change has been in playing personnel and, and coaching personnel. You can't always keep that same culture just because that's what you used to be. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a club on a, in a transitional phase, and I think they'd admit that themselves, and they're trying to get back to those glory days again. You see that? I think all clubs do eventually go through that, don't they? Eventually, but yeah, you're right. You were really unlucky in terms of like the staff swapping over and and losing your opportunity to continue with it because that's I've seen it before in professional sports where someone new comes into the team, a manager or director, and they just change everything. It doesn't even look at what was there before and they want they want what they want and change it yeah absolutely but it gave you the opportunity to do what you do now which is obviously the final bit we'll sort of talk about which is um you've been able to go and open your own gym and build your own business as it is but yeah tell us a little bit about that and yeah so um after it, uh, finishing at leicester tigers then i was kind of in a, a position of right well where do i go from here and i'd always had aspirations of opening my own gym um whether that be a crossfit gym or, or just a facility where I could get quality training into the general public. So I'd, I, if you look at the the places we've spoken about, I've been in professional sport, then 12 years in the Marines, and then back to professional sport again. So I'd never worked in an environment where I could have trained the general population. Um, so I thought it'd be a great opportunity to go and do that. So a unit became available in Kibworth, just outside Market Harbour in Leicester. Um, and there was a good catchment area and it was a, a, a nice place to go and work. So the unit's in a, a great location at, uh, in the grounds of a manor house. Um, so I opened the gym. It was always going to be a challenge because I was opening with zero clientele. You know, you, you put the gym together, you get the kit in, you do what advertising you can. Um, and then you open day one and just hope that people come. Yeah. Um, and, and really, like down the advertising side, I haven't really pushed it hard because I like to think... Uh, and the way it's worked is that word of mouth has, has done all the advertising for me. So if you can deliver a really good product to those clients and, and really invest in them personally, then they're going to be more likely to go away and tell the friends, oh, look, go and try working out at the fitness box. It, it works for me. And, and that's the way it's grown and it's grown really nicely. So I um, I was opening my first unit for about six months and then quickly outgrew that. And now I'm into my second unit. So I've, I've upsized Um but again, the way it's going, it, it, I'm kind of getting to the point now where I'm nearly outgrowing that as well. Yeah. But I want to really make sure that I hold dear to the, my values of that personal aspect to the to the gym. So, you know, I, I really make sure that there is a personal touch to it and it's just not just a case of getting numbers through the door. Um, and I want to make sure that people get coached really well, um, move really well and invest time into that rather than just going. And we see uh, a lot of big corporate gyms that will throw circuits on daily and their coach or their PT that's taking it is not really invested in it because he's not getting anything out of it other yeah. than right here's 12 exercises this is how to do do it away you go and they get they're basically a rep counter or a timekeeper so for me it's a case of come we'll teach you to move really well and then let's put that movement and moving well into workouts so we can increase that intensity yeah um uh, and it, and it's working well and, and the buy-in from the clients is great and it's so nice to have people come into the gym who want to come and train and be better rather than having to come and train because it's part of their job that's so true yeah that, that's so true isn't it and yeah people are really um, enthusiastic about doing it rather than the vice versa the opposite but what you've got over there is such an awesome location it's really, really nice area 
the gym is is perfect and so you go in and it looks awesome doesn't it and the whole setup you've created there and the classes you're doing but like you said you're getting to that point now where you, you you're nearly outgrowing that one as well which is fantastic mate but uh, so it's called the fitness box isn't it it and, is yeah um, and you're on Instagram Facebook yeah yeah so you, so you can, can find us on Instagram and, uh, and Facebook and no doubt it'll be good enough to put a link on there for you uh, on, we'll add a here. link on mate and we'll um, get a link on there yeah, so uh, like I say, we're in uh, we're in Kibworth, and 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 I put stuff on onto the social media side of it to give people an idea of of what we're about. Yeah. Um, and we run group classes daily, three or four classes a day. Um, keep the numbers small. Again, I I I limit it to twelve, so I can keep on top of my coaching and pe- make sure the people don't miss out on my time when they're in there. Um, and it gives me a good opportunity to keep an eye on everyone and making sure people are moving well. And sometimes they might feel like I'm picking on them or I'm always there, yeah. but that's how I want it to be. I don't want it to be a case of, oh, I'm just going to go and hide at the back of the class today. And, and you know, actually I'm starting to feel tired, so I'm just going to n- not try as hard. Because we know that we get better from that place where, okay, now it's got really tough and this is where I'm going to get the most benefit from this workout. As long as you're still moving well and you're not going to risk injury or your form suffering too much when we go to that dark place and we start getting towards that red line and that's when we're going to start really seeing well you know (laughs) that's when we get our greatest gains isn't it you know no no one's going to get any gains from sitting in the comfort zone yeah so you know people come and they train and they work hard with us um and i think when a new member comes it's sometimes a bit of a shock to see geez like everyone pushes really hard here and that's great and soon that that person who turns up for their first session they're the person looking at the new yeah, member turned up the week after going, oh God, they're, you know, and they're that rabbit in the headlights. But we make it very inclusive and, excuse me, hugely, hugely scalable for everyone to come and, and, you know, all abilities and fitness levels can come and do a version of the workout that we do. Um, and, you, and you work to your ability and, and you keep pushing. But I, I always get that golden question. I put something on my social media the other day about, the the question I think I get asked most is when does it get easy? Oh mate, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get it the same. Uh, yeah. When's it going to get easier? And and my answer is the same. It only gets easier if you don't try any hard. Yeah. If you don't, the only way you are going to make this workout easier is if you don't try as hard. Yeah. You know, and uh, and we don't want a workout to be easy. But and sometimes I've put a workout on and someone will say, oh, that, I thought that was all right today, and I'm thinking, well. It, you should have tried harder then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you should have tried harder because it, that is not yeah. an all right workout. Yeah. Um, so, and and I think from from the backgrounds we've both had in the military, and we spoke about it on the 30 miler, you can push your body a hell of a lot further than your mind will allow you. So for some people, they come and they think they're giving 100%, but that's their version of 100%, not actually what 100% really looks like yeah. and that's why I'll put stuff on my social media or, or I'll join in some classes every now and again and they'll see me at the end of a class you know I'm, I'm, I'm on my back I've got nothing more to give uh, and I, that's what 100% looks like Yeah. and I'm not saying you need to be in that state at the end of every workout but to understand how far you can push um, it is huge and I think we can gain a lot mentally from it as well so mental robustness and mental strength has got a huge amount to go with it we're saying that should be a component of fitness mental strength yeah it's so so important it's a big limitation that so many people have and we've done quite a few podcasts on that as well we actually had another boot neck in um called ben talking about mindset and that was really interesting mate but i'll always spend time at at the whiteboard so you know you're at the whiteboard describe the um the workout and and we talk about intent and, and what we're looking from it and then i'll always spend time about right 
this is where we need to get mindset wise okay there's going to be times when it's going to get dark and you're wanting to stop and you want to reduce the load that you're shifting or or pull back a little bit on your wattage on on the assault bike and they're the times when it's no and i heard a great thing i, I don't know if it was ben Berger on that, that was saying it the other day about the the thoughts that you're having in your mind would you say those out loud to the out loud to the class so if you're if you're on the rower and you're thinking, do you know what, I'm, I'm going to slow down a bit on this split, would you sit there and project that to the class and let everyone else hear you say that? And if you're saying it to yourself, stop that and, and change it to a positive thought. Right, this is really tough, but this is where I'm really going to go now. And then if you projected that to the class, they're going, God, Jack's going, brilliant, Jack, good effort. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the kind of mindset side. I love I love that side of what we do. It, it's, it's a test physically, but most of the workouts we do are real tests mentally as well yeah they are and you and what's so nice is seeing people improve not only their physicality but also their mentality and how they attack these kind of workouts yeah. it's amazing to see isn't and it and you mate? see it grow you see your clients here you, you see them grow as people not just physically mm. uh, and that for me is is, a, is just a good to take away as, as the physical side that we, yeah. we have oh massively I think a lot of people rely on that as well to help them out in and outside the gym and sometimes don't realise how much of a difference it makes yeah. well mate Thank you so much for jumping on. I really appreciate it, dude. Pleasure. Hero. Pleasure, Jack. Um, I'm sure we'll probably get you on again anyway, to probably because we sort of did a quick brief overview, but we'll probably look at getting you on to talk a little bit more about professional sport and things, because obviously you've got so much experience in it that loads of people can listen to and learn from. Thank you very much. Good. Thanks, Ledge. Jack. Cheers.